Hey, it's Bobby. And this is Jared. And we are here on the Frank and Seth's podcast today. And it is a special recording day because it is Jared's birthday. My favorite holiday. <laughs> Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Thank you. The reason, the reason I like a birthday is because uh, really no one bothers you on your birthday. I mean, think about it. If I was going to get fired or evicted... They wouldn't do it today. They'll wait till tomorrow. So <laughs> right. that's what makes your birthday special for me is the the lack of confrontations. I like that. Yeah, being yeah. being fired on your birthday would be really sad, and being broken up with on your birthday would be really sad. Although I know people have had that happen. Um, yeah, it's just I've heard of that. Just a bad decision to do that on somebody's birthday, man. Uh, oh my goodness! I mean, because then every birthday is just the anniversary of you being an idiot. You know, if you dumped, you know, yeah, you dumped them on their birthday, right? Yeah. So, well, I just um, so confession of guilty pleasures, but uh, Natasha, my wife, and I, we enjoy watching that ninety day fiance show. Um, okay. Just because we we watch that too, my friend. We yeah. watch that too. We've we've graduated to something else. I'll tell you about it in a minute, though. Okay. Well, um, but one of the episodes we were just watching this this guy was talking about how, um, you know, he and his first wife went through a divorce, and the divorce was final on their anniversary. Oh. Yeah, I was so, like, oh, dude, but. That, that, that hurts, but it also makes it an even number. Like you finished on an exact number of years. You know? <laughs> that's, that's very true. So now you can say I was, I was married for exactly this many years. Um, exactly. Natasha made a good point too, though. She's like, well, you know, at least it's only one day that sucks instead of having two, <laughs> you know, because you have one horrible day that's just your anniversary that you'll remember, but then also the day that you remember that your divorce was final. Like, that's just all wrapped up into one. So there you go. Yeah. So. so yeah. yeah, it's a package deal. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I, I have some advice out there if we have any single people listening to the podcast. I, I just think there are too many... I mean, there are just too many dates to remember in a person's life. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You have many children. I have many children. And... It gets complicated, and so my recommendation to young people out there, if you're not married yet, if you can do it, marry someone who has the same birthday as you. (laughs) So whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you're doing, Tinder, uh, Match.com, eHarmony, just say, listen, I'm looking for people born on July 29th specifically, (laughs) right? And then here's what you do. You, You date somebody has your birthday and if you fall in love you get married on you guessed it your birthdays and then both birthdays and and you know it sounds you know some people are thinking like hey that just makes it all not special you know to combine the birthdays but man you're gonna be so thankful (laughs) one day when you have children and they're born some random day that's not your birthday and then you gotta worry about your wife's parents birthdays your nephews and nieces birthdays it just adds up so you got to consolidate some of those birthdays you know that's real talk man that is real talk that's yeah. that is great life life lessons and uh romantic uh teaching from jared st martin brown right there that i mean i should have a book i should have a book called i kissed birthdays goodbye <laughs> <laughs> the new way to christian date I kiss birthdays goodbye. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Um, 
you know that you have people like, well, what about the gifts? Yeah, well then, you know what? You have a materialism issue, and you got to go ahead and get over that. Cause, right. Cause and <laughs> gifts are only one of the five love languages. <laughs> so, you know, we would, let's shoot for something else, like uh, quality time. Would Imagine the triple whammy of your birthday, your wife's birthday, and it's your anniversary. All I mean, of- and you know what? You save in taking off days from work because you just, you're just taking off that, that weekend, right? Just take off that Friday, make it a three-day weekend, boom. I wonder if there's a way, I mean, there probably isn't, but it probably, like, I mean, you can change your name. Why can't you change your birthday? And then so when you, like, when you yeah. when you marry somebody, you can just be like, hey, you know what? When's your birthday? When's my birthday? Oh, yours is in the summer? Uh, mine's in the winter. Like, well, what do we like to do on our vacations? Well, let's go to the beach. Okay, summertime is our, our now our birthday. We share it on the same day, and our anniversary, yeah. we'll just switch it to that, too. Like, why Why? Yeah. Why does everything have to be so legal? <laughs> yeah, and what you're talking about here, I know some people are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, what is this, some kind of thing where, you know, age ain't nothing but a number, and, like, we don't care about, you know, um, you know the truth. But I have it on, you know, I, I have it on anecdotal authority here, Bobby, that people change their birthdays all the time. Any kid whose birthday is on Christmas... They're celebrating it some other day besides Christmas. They have literally changed their birthday. That's true. I know people. I know people born on Christmas Eve, Christmas, and they do their birthday like six months later. They just said, "You know what? I can't live this way. I'm doing my birthday in June," and they've done it. And the whole family has accepted it because you know a good family is supportive. <laughs> I love it. I love this conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is great. Well, um, so. I guess let's go ahead and move into our conversation for today then, because um, we are we're talking. You and I are agreeing on this subject, um, yeah. but that and that makes our conversation very easy. But what happens yeah. when our conversation is not with somebody that we agree with? What happens when we yeah. have um, a, a major disagreement, as we see right now happening throughout all of social media? Uh, nobody wants to agree on anything, and right. The danger is you start listening, going into an echo chamber, so that way you avoid anybody who thinks different than you. Um, so how do we, how do we have good conversations, honest conversations, good dialogue with people that we don't agree with as Christians? Because that is an essential part of winning people over for Jesus, right? Um, pointing people to the kingdom, and there's plenty of scripture that points to that what it looks like uh but i want to we wanted to talk about today how do we hold these conversations well honoring god honoring our values honoring where we stand on on certain topics and 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 how do we hold true to those pieces about us the things that we planted our flags on that are important and working those through with people who don't necessarily agree so yeah so we're going to do that today, and and a lot of our focus is going to be coming from scripture, but also from a book that I've mentioned on this podcast before. Um, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. By uh, okay. Sarah, Stu- I can I can tell that I'm going to learn a lot today because I haven't been reading this book, but you have. I have been reading this book because honestly, I'm thinking about leading a Bible or a book study um, through our church on this uh, because. Well, I mean- I think it's really timely. I mean, I just think that, you know, there's just a lot being argued about and discussed in a normal year. It's it's politics uh, because of the presidential election. You know, that would be a normal election year, but uh, this is not normal 
by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we've got we've got anti-maskers out there. You know, um, we have we have protests and we have these all lives matter people. And so people are just uh, arguing back and forth about all kinds of things right now. And and uh, a hot topic right now, the opening of schools. Yes, a lot of people wanting the schools to open, a lot of people not wanting the schools to open. So what is right and what is wrong? Um, and honestly, sometimes we have to be willing to say maybe both are right and wrong, right? Um, there, there are right and wrong pieces to all of it. And how do, we, how do we embrace that reality? How do we walk in that reality well? And how do we honor the conversations while honoring the people we're having the conversations with? Because the thing is, I think what has happened is with a lot of these disagreements is that we forget our humanity in all of it. We forget okay. our uh, ability to be wrong. We don't want to acknowledge that we could be wrong too. And I think that we become so caught up in our... I don't know, our, our topic, we get caught up in our stance that we're unable to pull ourselves away from the things that we think are so yeah. right and be open to hear the opposing view. And so it creates well, a tension. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, without knowing where this conversation's going, I would say that, you know, uh, pride is definitely involved because, you know, sometimes when we share our opinion on social media, it becomes public, and it's there for all to see. And then when someone opposes our viewpoint, that's also public. So we uh, not only face the uh, the annoyance of having someone disagree with us, we face the humiliation of having it be public, right? And uh, you know, it's hard to take pride out of that equation when everybody's seen you um, get shut down. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, we, so, I think that we live in a society where we have to be strong, right? And we want to make sure that everything we we say is right, or at least if we're if we're gonna believe that it's right, then we are going to make sure that we use everything possible to prove that yeah. we're right. Instead sure. of stepping away and saying, "Hey, look, um, I, I I might just be wrong here." And one of the things that uh, the, the book says, I've underlined so much in here, but one of the things that I read here is, we can push past hard disagreement to places of compromise and problem solving only if we stand firmly in identities rooted in a humanity and worth that is far beyond the reach of politics, right? Oh, I like it. Yeah. So it's like if, I'm, if I am who I am in Christ, I don't have to win this argument to feel like I'm significant in the world or to make a difference. Yeah, because one of the things that they, they, they talk about deeply in here is that, look, our politics are a part of us, right? It, I mean, yeah. you, everybody has that. And as we've talked about before, Andy Stanley said these words a long time ago um, that I heard and I, I've held on to. But he says that our politics should not define our faith. Our faith should define our politics. And oh, absolutely! What a great word. Oh, I, I loved it. It was it, ever ever since I've heard it, it is it has stuck with me because because ultimately everything that we do in our faith and what does our faith say that is what should define how we speak into politics. Our politics are whatever political party you might affiliate yourself with or. 
the way that you voted or who you voted for, that should not define your faith. That, that, that's not supposed to do that. Our faith is already defined through Jesus Christ. So he shapes our politics. He shapes how we speak into that. And yeah. so if our identity is in him and our worth is found in him, then whether we're politically right or wrong isn't going to kill us because our body, our, our, our life is built upon much more than just politics. Our life is built upon connection, community, uh, relationships, right relationships, healthy um, service, loving our neighbors. We love ourselves, as we always talk about here. Uh, it's, it's, it's built upon more than that. But for some reason, right now especially, because it is a, 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 a election year, we are seeing that politics are taking over our lives and we've yeah. lost every other part of our humanity in the process uh -huh. and our conversations the dialogue that we have with others should put our humanity first ab way above our political point of view because humanity is going to last you know it's going to be what stays after four years is over right after after you vote on tuesday that Wednesday's coming, right, which I talked about, I think I said that last week, but it's the reality of it is, is that our humanity lasts, right? It's not, yeah. it's yes. not politics. So, so we have to bring that into the picture when we talk about our dialogue and our conversation. Okay. Sorry, took a sip of water there. <laughs> but, um... So let's talk about let's talk about some some of our if you can because I, I didn't I didn't coach you on this obviously because oh, we, no, yeah, we never well, we never script any, we never script any of this um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to wing it no. <laughs> I, when we think about some of our most heated conversations right the yeah. most heated debates that we have what are some of the things that occur. Um, or have led up to those heated conversations. Can you can you think of like maybe two or three things that have led up to the heated conversations? You're not talking about like specific topics. You're talking about things that happened within that conversation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I will tell you one thing. One thing is the insulting of a person's intelligence. Uh, maybe maybe a little name calling, but I know people that just like uh, so. Uh, if you watch me carefully on social media. Uh, I uh, I don't attack anybody, uh, and uh, I will post something every once in a while. And some people, their opening move, like like a chess gambit, is to come right out of the gate with saying, "Wow, that's incredibly simplistic," and you don't know your history, or you don't know your Bible, or you know, uh, <laughs> you know, something like that, right? Yeah. Just say, "Listen, you need an education," and that's some people's opening move. To comment on the thing that you posted, you know, mm. uh, and you know, it 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 can really, it is it is some bait. It's some bait that can like draw you into something heated because then you're kind of uh, defending your you're defending your ego, you know, in addition to defending your point. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's not good, but that's good. Like that's, that's yeah. I mean. Because, because ultimately, like that, that is it, right? I think they actually that is. I mean, you could you just listed one thing, but that is exactly the root of all of the problems. Is that okay. we have an inability to to humble ourselves enough to listen to somebody else's opinion, 
And that is that is where we start, and we strike at their ego, we strike at their identity, we strike at their uh, lack of intelligence, their unaged, right. un- yeah. because we don't want to sound, we want to make sure that what we're implying is that we are more educated. We have done all the research. Oh, yeah. There's no... I mean, and that's that's just like, you know, I feel like every conversation that every man has ever had with every other man has on some level been to prove that he's smarter or better in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say so, too. I mean, look at the Declaration of Independence. It is just a list of why we're better than King George. He's an idiot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, Hamilton, for teaching us a lot more about the whole process. But, um, but so the the whole thing is again our values, our identity being shaped, and then feeling threatened by them because somebody else might hold an opposing value or idea that that might have a little bit more validity or might have a little bit more research behind it. And so, in order for us to to cut off, cut them off with the legs, is we actually have more education. We have read yeah. more. What we read is actually accurate. Um, you know, <laughs> right. and someone who wants to do that. And this is another thing. I really, I may have done this a long time ago. I've quit doing it. Is when you have your opposing viewpoint that you post an article or something, like a link to an article, and someone's comments like, here, read this. This is totally going to change your mind. I found it on Breitbart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Just kidding. I would post post a Breitbart link to someone, but but I've I've had that happen. Like, check this out, you know? Or, like, check out this picture. This is obviously, like, Obama and... Melinda Gates talking about how to put microchips into people, and I'm just like, that's that you know, you're looking at the picture going, that's not Melinda Gates. Sorry, I mean, yeah, that's Barack Obama, not Melinda Gates. And like, you get this stuff, man, you know, and it's like, here, if you knew, if you knew reality, if you were smarter, if you'd seen this picture of Melinda Gates talking to Barack Obama, you would understand. Yeah, you would understand the truth, my friend. Well, I mean, we're seeing this right now too, with like, you know, when we hear about the you know the the you know the questioning of the the pedophile stuff right the the pizza gates and the pet gates and oh, you know so is pizza gate back i heard pe- it might be yeah so. pizza gate is back the pedo gate is back and the thing is what, what 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 cracks me up is that like they always they do this pedo gate pizza gate because of the whole watergate inci- incident Right. And Watergate was the name of a place. Watergate is like a suffix for a conspiracy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, right. and like, I'm not, uh, hear me out before you, like, people start saying, oh, but well, this stuff is real. Okay, look, I believe that there are things that are dark and sinister in this world that are being used against young people and children in this world because, honestly, I follow organizations that serve to, to eradicate human trafficking and sex trafficking yeah. so so I, lis- I don't think people i don't think people know how many pastors out there are involved in trying to end human trafficking one way or another right i mean we watch i, I follow a21 or i follow uh the end it movement that points to a whole bunch of different things i follow uh, i followed ashton kutcher's work you know and doing his work for um ending child pornography online so i believe this stuff is real and i'm not yeah. and i'm not negating that but I am having a problem with how many people are are following all these kind of 
um, rabbit hole trails to get to these things that are dark and sinister to, to, to basically blow out, blow up a whole issue and make this like, look, look at all these elites and all these things. And, and when they look at the root of some of these, um, I don't know, conspiracy theories, they're coming from a, a, a place of racism and anti-Semitic language and the yeah. idea that it really like it starts to really and it falls apart really easily if they do enough research however research yeah man it's amazing how many of these things are just like repackaging anti-semitism or, or racism or sexism you know yeah and and i kind of and I, the thing is that when i start speaking into like well i'm gonna slow down before i start knocking people's careers and saying that and ending the reputations and ruining the reputations just because some Reddit article said that these people were on a list. Like, look, if they're on the list, they're on the list. And when, and, and if it comes out they are, I will own it and be like, man, this breaks my heart. I, like, I cannot believe it. But I'm not going to start jumping on the bandwagon of saying, like, look at all these people who are on this list because I haven't seen the list. I've seen a Reddit article that, that brought up this list. But I haven't seen a list posted on any reputable news source. I haven't seen right. any. And so, but when I bring that up, though, all of a sudden I hear the "you just need to do more research." You're not as educated right. as I am. You're not. You're not awakened to all of this. One day you're going to wake up right. to it and you're going to see it. I'm like, dude, I'm not. I'm not blind to the pain and the and the plight of of the the darkness in this world. But I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of, contra- of, of conspiracy theories because, because everybody else is doing it. I have to use some wisdom in this, but I have to be, and I have to be careful. And that's where we listen to our, we have to listen to how we have our dialogue. And, and I would never tell somebody, well, I'm using wisdom, you're not. I would say, as a blanket statement, we have to use wisdom, right? Because yeah. and I, when I say, would, I I wouldn't say that either, but I would think it. Mm. <laughs> I would think it. I would think like if you were more discerning, you would stay off info wars, my friend. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we we've been put into a place where nobody wants to trust anybody or anything, and right. and we can't. And if you speak against what I believe, then instantly you are not intelligent you are not uh open to to what you're you're just you're you're blinded because you're using a different way of thinking um and one another thing they place in this book that they say is like we can move to a more productive outlook when we realize that our personal values are not lost if we collectively make decisions that deviate from those values we can hold on to our values without needing public validation of them we can recognize that sometimes more good comes out of expressing our values through private action than through public debate, right? Uh, uh, sure, yeah. And I think that when I when I think about a lot of these debates that are going on right now, especially around this, especially around Pedogate, Pizzagate, around coronavirus, around wearing masks or not wearing masks, sometimes I think that we want to get on Facebook or social media, spew out our stuff. And then have these debates on Facebook because honestly, if we were to, to we we don't know how to use private action anymore. Like okay. we like we don't know how to actually do action to show what we've learned or to demonstrate. So if you have an issue with pedophiles and that kind of stuff, which we 
should, um, then instead of just putting it on Facebook and putting all these dark web articles out, how about you start signing up with these organizations that are doing stuff to eradicate it, right? Yeah. That's the private action. You want to create a public debate on social media, but instead, how about you start putting action to your words and instead of creating debate, go take action. Otherwise, all you're doing is creating creating more problems and more separation because nobody knows what to believe anymore on Facebook. Nobody knows what to believe anymore on social media. So how about when you experience it, you come and share your personal experience, not some article that was written from some dude in his mom's basement you know, on Reddit because that's, what, that's what's going on is that you have these, these people that are spreading these dark things and causing people to get manipulated by it and they're falling for everything that's coming on because they don't know what to believe, so they fall for everything. And they have no stance on it. They're not taking action and learning themselves, so they fall for the stuff that they're hearing because they don't have any experience in it, so they're going to trust people that say that they have experience in it who really don't have experience in it, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah, it made sense, yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm, and I'm trying to figure out when we think about how we have our conversations, what is honoring to God in the process? And honoring to God is really a way that, that is how we should be thinking through our conversations and dialogue, right? Because when we go into it attacking people, that's not honoring to God. No, it's not honoring to God. And another thing is just the the amount of falsehood that comes into it. Like people get when you know you're defending pride and uh, you're just trying to win. Um, you know, sometimes the amount of the, the amount of I guess lying or the sharing of you know really dubious information. I just don't think that's honoring to God either. You know, yeah. I, I hate to see Christians sharing these sort of fear mongering memes. You know that are, are just full of falsehood and probably created by a troll to, to create division, you know? I have Christians all over Facebook now going, man, we're so divided right now, quit creating the division, and then sharing the memes that are about creating the division. There are people who have forgotten English and they speak in memes now. Yeah, you know, um, I was talking about this actually with my wife today, I, and actually my father-in-law too. I was saying like, what has happened is people have been saying, you know, I, I, I've been seeing people say stuff about COVID being a, you know, the government's using it as fear mongering, right? And again, okay. I mean, it's whatever you want to believe on that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump into that whole thing, um, but I'm gonna say that people have jumped on the whole thing of COVID is fear mongering. It's a way for people to be controlled. We got to stop being afraid of this thing, all that stuff, because you know, America is the only country that's been affected by this virus, apparently. And so we're the only ones that have any truth around it. And so every other country that's dealing with it, anyway, I'm not going into that. So I have a lot of thoughts on it. That does defy logic. When I, I will say, a side note, Bobby, I know you don't want to get into it, but when people are like, man, this is all to unseat President Trump, you know? And I'm like, you're telling me, like, Europe and Asia went along with this conspiracy? To help us unseat Trump because it's an election year. Do you think anyone in Italy cared that 2020 was an election year in America? Yeah, you know, because Australia, Australia did that too. Like my friend who is in Australia right. told me that she's been on lockdown for all this time. And, right. I'm, and I'm like, well, why don't you like Trump? And she's like, what are you yeah. talking about? And I'm just kidding. I didn't say that to her. But the thing is. No, right. But, but, but the <laughs> idea. Like, where, 
I'm just sorry. I'm sorry I brought that up, but I just had to get that off my chest because that doesn't logically add up. Like, well, the thing is, though, I, a lot of people aren't using logic on both sides because the thing okay. is, we have Fair to enough. we have to say to ourselves like this, like, okay, so let's say the government is using this to control us, right? Quote unquote. We can go ahead and go with that. The problem with that is, why in the world now all of a sudden? they're using this when all this time they've had they've had swine flu they've had bird they've had bird flu they've had uh, ebola they've had all these other things like they, they yeah. could have used completely to control us they could have right but they never did this is something that all of a sudden so it's like again logic right but we'd be thinking how's that work but again, I'm watching people who are saying, don't let this become a fear-mongering thing, coronavirus. And those are a lot of people on the Christian, um, a lot of them are on the, the heavy evangelical side that I see that. Sure. But then I'll see them post something saying, don't vote for Democrats because if you do, they're going to ruin this country and we're, and we're going to lose all of our rights and, and, we're, and we're just going to – our whole world is going to end. So wait a second. You don't want people talking about coronavirus being fear-mongering and controlling. But look at you, fear-mongering and controlling, trying to make people vote a certain way because you're afraid and you want them to be afraid that this world is going to fall apart if Democrats take over. Right. So, right. so, so let's think about how you use that. But then you also go to the left-leaning side, the Democrats, right? And I'm, not, I'm not knocking them, but I'm also saying like there are some who would say – a whole lot of junk about you know about leaders and um, calling leaders names and that kind of thing, but yeah. then when somebody says something negative about um, a leader that they enjoy, all of a sudden it's how dare you? You know, it's only because you you didn't follow what they did. Well, are you following what the other people are doing? Like every single thing that they're doing, because some of them are doing some good things too. You know, like and so yeah. the logic yeah. the logic is saying, well, because they're on my side, they must have done everything right, and you're on that side, so you're doing everything wrong. And so yeah. we have to see that both sides are not using logical arguments; they're using things to fit with what they believe instead of being open and saying, you know what. There might be some truth in all of this because there's truth, a little bit of truth in everything. And we have to be yeah. finding that and listening to that. But you have to be open to have the conversation and have the right, yeah. the right conversation. Uh, to yeah. go, and to go along with what you were just saying too because you, know, you were talking about like people saying so much stuff and like, uh, like we got to be honoring God with what we say. In Matthew twelve thirty six, it says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Wow, right? that's powerful and convicting, you know. Um, it makes you just want to not, you know, go shooting your mouth off. You know? <laughs> well, then in Proverbs sixteen twenty eight it says, A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Like, this is Proverbs written by the wisest king, right? Um, Solomon. Yeah. Now, when we think about those two sections of scripture, how does that really speak to us? And the, the problem is a lot of people will say, well, that's good scripture and all. I like it. But you know what? I'm still going to stand strong on my political view. And, okay. and when we get into that mindset, we've now decided that our, politi our politics and our, and our, value and our um, viewpoints take precedence over our God who's given us the scriptures to follow, right? And we want to make sure that our politics are right, 
before we believe or have our theology and doctrine right. And that is a dangerous way to live and walk through in this world, especially in such a tense time when the Christian church should be pointing to the kingdom. But if we're not even following what scripture tells us to follow, and we're arguing yeah. and we're arguing over things that our constitution says, but does our Bible say it? You know, we have to find that balance and we have to make sure that we're keeping the Bible, God, his, the word of God, first and foremost, before we say our politics have to be first. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's where the, the struggle is coming with a lot of these, dial, these conversations right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's it's good to get to like the root of it. Yeah. So um, one of the things that um, again this book says is uh, we have to practice seeing each other as human beings, not walking opinions or ideologies. We also right. have to remind ourselves that our neighbors are not here for the sole purpose of allowing us to exercise our political opinions or win arguments. Putting politics in its place inside our communities is about reminding ourselves that our communities aren't just about politics. Yeah, have you ever been, uh, you know, in a like a back and forth with someone on uh, social media? Well, I don't know. You got pulled into it somehow, and uh, it's a person you've known a long time. This has happened to me. Uh, uh, a person that maybe I've known even like growing up. And when they're talking to you and sharing that, like that anger and that vitriol, and it's like they don't even know you anymore. It's like they've sort of forgotten who it is they're talking to, and that that always sort of catches me off guard. Because it's like, no, I, I remember you. You know, you're my friend from way back, and they're telling me this like terrible stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, did they know that I'm me? Like. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, like just an example, like in the in the twenty. This may come as a shock to people, but in the twenty sixteen election, I had some problems with Donald Trump. Uh, you know, wow. I I thought, you know, I thought there might be uh, a concern that uh, that he was racist, <laughs> and so, and uh, I may still think that, but. I was talking about this, and the person just, like, lost their minds on me and just went, and this was in a private message, by the way. This was in a private message. They just lost their minds on me, and they said, you know what? Why don't you go play Kill the Babies with Hillary Clinton? You know, talking about how Hillary Clinton was pro-choice, and it just went down this whole list of, like, you know, and what, what offends you so bad about Donald Trump, like, is it because he swears? Well, you don't get around the common people and hear that, you know, mechanics swear, uh, soldiers swear, people in the streets swear. Donald Trump can swear, you know? And I was like, does he not? Like, it's like he didn't know. He had, like, forgotten that I was military, that I had, you know, worked many jobs, that when I was in middle school, I cussed up a storm like everybody else, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, I guess he forgot who he was talking to. You know, it was so weird. But this has happened to me a time or two, and uh, I, I all I could think is that they just broke down for a moment, and I wasn't like a person to them anymore. I was like an enemy, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that's that is so scary because that's what we become. Is right. that you are either liberal 
or conservative. There's no, right. like in and, and so if you if you have any any voting against or saying any words against this president or this uh, this political party or anything the political party stands for, well then you must be liberal and I can't speak to you other than telling you how wrong you are. And for liberals, well you are a you know you must not be for women at all. You must not care about women. You must not care about. Uh, you know yeah. the, the poor. You must not have any desire to see poor people cared for. So you are there, and I'm going to speak to you in the way that you are wrong. And the problem is <laughs> that is totally not helping anything, right? It's a yeah. It, it is actually um, it's it's really causing more damage to the conversation and to the growth of us as a, as a nation when we decide that. It's either going to be this side or that side, and what I've found, and what I what I feel anyway, and what I've said before is that Capitol Hill is a gang war, right? It's a gang war. It's the red and the blues, Crips and the Bloods. They're battling each other out. They're trying to figure out who's going to win, right? This is I yeah. mean, when I, I I mean this is this is my my Southern California roots coming out. The the gang wars are there, right? But then hey, okay. if you know what, if somebody gets really interested in this metaphor, Bobby, then I recommend the. Uh, the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda. Oh, yeah. He has, he has a segment on there which spun off to uh, its own podcast called Hood Politics. But he would definitely agree with you on this uh, gang wars uh, metaphor for Capitol Hill. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's right. Yeah, I heard him say it. And I was like, after, um, I mean, I said it. I'm not. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm going to say that I said it before he did on his pod, on his podcast. But whatever. Um, but I'm gonna, but I, I believe you. <laughs> but, but the thing is, though, is that this is what we we experienced and we saw. Is like, look, you live on this side of the street. You live on this side of the street. If you cross over, you're going to get shot. You're going to get beat up. You're going to do something. Now, the thing is, is that it, that the political gang war was always just stood on stayed on Capitol Hill, and people just watched it. Well, now that gang war has kind of come across the nation, and so now you're starting to see a, a giant gang war starting to occur, and Christians are in the middle of it when we should be the ones actually draw, staying in the staying actually in the middle, trying to create a place where people can find um, a healthy conversation and healthy dialogue. But we are actually creating more of the damage and more of the 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 hard, um, hateful comments towards people who think differently and so much so that if you're a christian like right now like people who are christian who are on the the right-leaning side if they heard the words that we're saying right now they would instantly label label us as liberal and they would also go to the point of saying um maybe you're not really christian because you're not voting for this side, and I actually saw somebody accuse people of that—that that if you yeah. don't, if you don't vote for a certain person or on a certain side, then you are voting for the devil's party, and that you right. that you are not a Christian. Yeah. You need to vote for God's party. You need to vote for God's side. Oh my gosh! And there's so much wrong with that. It's crazy. So much. Because the, because then what you're telling me is that you can't find a Christian on the Democrat side, and what you're telling me is, let's say the Democrats, you're saying you can't find one on the Republican side. The problem with that is now you're telling me that God is for the both parties have things that God is for, and both parties has things that God is against. But for some reason, we think God is for 
all of everything that we we stand for in our party. Right, right. Like God's looking down on a Republican uh, president and going, "Finally, that's my boy." Yeah, I mean, like, where where do we get the idea that last I checked, Jesus is riding in on a horse. He's not coming down on an elephant or a donkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. Like and, he... and for those who just want to go, listen, God can use anybody. That is true. Uh, God has used uh, people all throughout the Bible. Uh, some we might, by earthly standards, call good, and some, by earthly standards, we might call terrible. But I run into people a lot who go, like, listen, we need to pray for our leaders. And Donald Trump's not perfect, but God can use him. And I go, yeah, that's true. Can God use Barack Obama? No. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess God can only use a Republican or something. I guess I don't know. But and I, but I've said this. I said this before on this podcast. Is that we forget that God is the one who puts the leaders in place. Mm-hmm. So we can vote, but if our votes, like if, if if the votes go to a person we didn't vote for, guess what? It's God's will. Right, we want to throw God's will out for the things that are like easy for us to handle, but when it affects us personally, no, we don't want to accept that that's God's will. Right, we don't want to accept that. It's like, well, why didn't I get that job? Well, maybe it was God's will that you didn't get the job. No, 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 it's because of something else. It has to be. Right, they're out to get me. Some somebody somebody else like, well, maybe somebody was more qualified, and maybe God wants you to. No, I needed that job. This is what it's like. Well, I want this person to win the presidency, and if they don't get it, well, then that's yeah. because Satan's winning. Okay, so that means Satan – you're telling me Satan has more power than God when it says that God places all people in leadership and, and over us, like in, in that governing role? Like when you, when you read those words and you're telling me that that's f- from God, but when somebody wins that's not from your side, that's not from God, although the word says it. Um, when when we say like, well, you know, God is in control. Okay, well then, do you really believe that? Because if you believe that a hundred percent, then you're not going to be stressing over who wins the presidency. You're going to vote for you're going to vote for who you want to vote for, and you're going to follow your conviction. It doesn't have to be all public. I don't tell anybody who I'm going to vote for. Although sometimes they make their assumptions, but I don't tell anybody who I'm going to vote for. But at okay. the same time, like the reality of it is, is that why should I? Because I'm not controlled over who's president. I'm following Christ. In the, in the end, I know what's going to happen. I'm not. I'm not worried about this. My my biggest thing is is this. Like sometimes we have to be remembering that maybe you know just maybe there is a possibility we're going to be on the side of the one who's actually going to be called the Antichrist. Wow. Yeah. And have have we thought about that? Like because we want to say, well, you're well, well, the Antichrist is going to be on the Democrat side. No, the Antichrist is going to be on the Republican side. No, the Antichrist is going to come from Russia. No, the Antichrist is going to like whatever that's going to be. But the reality of it is, is that some of us are going to end up being on that side, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And because we're blinded and we're not reading scripture, not paying attention to things, and we're allowing ourselves to be corrupted so much and be politically driven that we're going to miss the signs because we're so caught up in that person and not paying attention to Jesus. We're not paying attention because we're going to think this person is the second coming. This person is the one that's going to bring healing and restoration to us. And so we have to keep that person in power. 
and I'm not going to say that's what we're seeing right now, but I am going to say that there are a lot of people who are really caught up on this person, and they're believing that he is the he's the one who's going to save our country. And I'm sorry, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to say this very clearly: we cannot vote in a savior. We already have one. I don't know why we keep trying to vote in somebody who's going to save us. Our Savior's already come and will come again, and that's who we rest in. But for some reason, we keep wanting to vote in somebody who's going to save our planet and save our save our nation when God's kingdom is something way bigger wow. than that. You still there? Well, I had a, there you are. <laughs> well, I, I had a pastor friend that, you know, he, he said this back in the 80s, and you know he's he's still he's still in ministry, and uh, he said, "Guys, I I know you think that like America is like a big deal in the end time scenario." And he says, "But I've looked at the Book of Revelation, and I don't see the United States anywhere in there." <laughs> and it kind of makes you think, you know, with the stuff. It's like um, maybe the story of God isn't the story of America. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely the story of God isn't the story of America. I mean, you know, just the kingdom of God, the people, the Christians in America who make up, you know, a part of the kingdom of God worldwide, the bride of Christ worldwide, we're just a small part of God's story. The, yeah. politi- the political borders and who's running the empire at the time, it's, it's, a, it's almost like an insignificant detail in the story of God's plan for the world, you know? Yeah. I think people want to be thinking about the end times and wondering what's going to be happening when there's a whole lot of information pointing to, look, this is what the church should be doing. Yeah. In preparation. Yeah, I'm with, uh, you know, I'm with a few uh, pastors like, uh, you know, Shane Claiborne on this, uh, Jonathan Wilson Hargrove, you know. I've heard them say things like, um, you know, uh, the, the whole idea of, uh, kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The idea is that we should be enacting the kingdom of God now, that we should be living uh, like this is the kingdom of God now. It's not perfect, but just as like, you know, Christians, you know, we're, you know, we're still being sanctified, right? And we're we're still growing uh, and becoming more Christ-like, hopefully, throughout our lives, but we won't be made perfect until... We get there until, you know, God, you know, resurrects us into new bodies and we are made perfect. Well, same thing with the world. There'll be a new earth, but, you know, kingdom come. It's like uh, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should be living as if we are in, you know, God's kingdom now. And a lot of people want to put that part of it off, you know. So the saying is like, so, so instead of like enacting God's justice now or enacting, you know, God's way to treat each other now. Um, the idea is like, well, you know, uh, Earth is the way it is, and we just have to wait till God comes back. I think a lot of people get really obsessed with end times. So the saying is, uh, some some Christians are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know who coined that. Uh, that's just the saying, you know, in, in those in those circles, you hear people say that sometimes. But yeah, it's this idea, and I, I think sometimes people's uh, obsession with end times when things get sketchy, like now. I mean, I, I grew up around like you know people talking about end times, and this was in the '80s. You know, we were we were sure that the USSR and the United States were going to have some kind of a nuclear war. You know, Reagan versus Gorbachev, and uh, you know we were stocking up on nuclear weapons, and Reagan had Star Wars program, and we were worried about 
intercontinental ballistic missiles. And, uh, you know, it is it wasn't out of the question for there to be World War Three, a nuclear war, you know, sometime in the 70s or 80s. And, you know, there was a lot of focus on end times then, you know, a lot, lot of sermons on that, a lot of Sunday schools on that. And anybody who was a Christian back then knows exactly what I'm talking about, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you really thought the book of Revelation was happening all around you. And then I don't know, things cooled down a little bit. <laughs> things go down a little bit and now here we are with the uh, coronavirus and uh, you know just every other thing happening right now and uh, people are you know it's the revival of that sort of end times thing and some people just like throwing up their hands like we don't know what's going on so we're just assuming that Jesus is coming back pretty soon so a friend of mine shared a video this week about how like a guy had a diagram on a whiteboard uh <laughs> showing you how Jesus was going to come back in 2020. And I was like, please don't share this. Please don't share this. I mean, do you understand that people have been sharing ideas like this, like about every five years for the last, you know, thousand years? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I mean, it, it's just on and on, man, you know. And the, and the reality of it is, is that, again, we want to agree with our own thoughts instead of remembering what Scripture tells us. And Scripture tells us, Nobody's gonna know. Like <laughs> nobody knows yeah. when it's gonna be the time. And they, so, I mean, even Jesus was like me, Jesus. You know, the, in this earthly body, I do not know the the hour or the day. Yeah, and when so all this is happening. And so, how is someone gonna know? A guy with a whiteboard has figured it out. You know, I mean. I mean, it's crazy, and what what I think is what what I think is amazing is there doesn't seem to be any embarrassment or remorse after being wrong about this, you know. And that that was maybe my final point um, because because okay. we're getting ready to close out here. But like, um, I'm going to read something here from well, at the end. I'm going to read something from this book before we actually close out. But that was gonna be my final point: is that we have to remember that there's going to be a point where we're wrong. So, so the things that we're spreading about people online, the things that we're, we're saying, this, is, this has to be true, um, these political views that we're holding firm to, these people that we're voting in and that we're thinking are going to end up saving everything, that when it doesn't happen, when do we admit that we were wrong? When do we, when do we apologize to all the people that we were wrong to, right? Because cause I think that's the biggest thing right now is that there's so and, and, and that's why we have to think about the words that we use and how we yeah. use them because cause again, we're going to have people that you have to apologize to. So when you're telling people that they're uneducated or that they're, they're libtards or that they're radical Republicans and that they're on the you, – you know, they're, they're – they're, I don't know – I don't even know really what you can say to them. They're Trumpsters or whatever they call them. I don't know. Trumpites. I don't know. But like, you know, you you make them feel deplorables. I think is one of the terms I think I heard about Trump followers. Oh yeah, that was um, um, a Hillary Clinton special. Yeah. So so you take the deplorables and you take the libtards, and then you're saying to yourself like, and these are words that I really hate even saying right now, but I'm using them just for this point, is that. When do they start apologizing to each other? When do they come back to the table and say, you know what, I was wrong on this. You know what, I was wrong on this. When is that humility going to come? Because ultimately, again, our humanity has to come before our politics. 
our communities have to come before our politics because our communities aren't just built around politics. It's about serving each other. It's about caring for the widow and the orphan. It's about making sure the people are hungry, who are hungry are getting fed. People who need clothes are getting clothed, right? We're worrying about all this other stuff that's surface level when there's so much more that builds up our community. But because it's political time, because it's politics time, we are negating humanity because we want to make sure our political point of view is 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 right or or more powerful or stronger sounding than yours and so yeah. we have to think about when do we apologize when is the apology going to come and i would love for people on this podcast people to be listening to start considering how to start apologizing now for potentially being wrong about ideas and realizing that your conversations now the dialogue that you use how do you yeah. start using it to honor humanity and honor people so that way in a way where you're saying what you say, you're saying your point of view, but you're not de- you're not degrading anybody, you're not making them feel less than. You're sharing your point of view, and if people get rough, then you just go ahead and stop the conversation because you want to honor them and you want to honor your God and you want to continue being a part of a community with them when all of this is over. Yes. So the the thing I was going to read to close out, and then I'll, you know, if you have any last thoughts, we'll, we'll we'll give that time too. But this is what is saying here: it says if we want a president worthy of the office, we can start by supporting that president. If we want a Congress that works, we can give our representatives space to do that work. If we want a process of integrity, we can start by respecting the outcome of that process. We can ask questions without issuing condemnations. We can seek greater accountability without criminalizing that with which we disagree. We can improve our process by first seeking to better understand it. People are complicated. People are more than our candidates of choice. People are more than our ideologies. People believe things for reasons we might not fully understand. Voting is the easiest exercise of our civic duty. The real work is in paying attention, caring, communicating, and finding the best way to contribute from where we are. We can be the change we want to see in the world, and that's true no matter who wins. There will be a Wednesday, and we can choose to make Wednesday a day that we can be proud of. Wow. Powerful words to encourage us to think through the idea of how we're talking to each other without condemning, without making us feel less than, without making the other person lose their dignity. We can still have our values and, and what we hold on to, but to remember that we're here for each other, not for political victory. That's awesome. So, my only final thought to that, Bobby, is um, my ongoing sense of irony is that I want to follow that author on Twitter and just see how many people disagree with that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, um, they have a podcast themselves. Um, I haven't had a chance to, to subscribe to their podcast, but, um, you know, they've, uh, they have a podcast that they do, and um, it seems like it's a good one. I think it's called Pantsuit Politics. Um, I think that's their podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, hey, man, with that, um, I think that we can end this conversation because, you know, we agree on everything. And so that's how it goes. <laughs> no. um, but, I, but I've definitely enjoyed this conversation. I enjoy the dialogue that we have. And, and, and honestly, uh, 
I enjoy the fact that we can have our disagreements and we can yeah. continue continue talking just like just like this because that's well, how yeah. it works. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's there's a, a good bit of respect there, but I think we we agree on the important things, you know. And I tell you what, if you want to hear a great conversation where we where we kind of wrestled through and found some agreement, uh, listen to last week. You know, I, I think uh, if you made it this far in today's podcast, check check out last week's episode as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, hey, well, with that, um, you've been listening to the Frankincense Podcast. And again, if you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy this conversation, this podcast, please rate us, share us, comment, because uh, we love to hear from you. Um, and again, the more people getting involved with us, the better, because we like talking to ourselves, but, you know, it's good to have other people listening too. So with that, I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. And we will talk to you guys later. Again, Jared, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Bye.